not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, Brain Trust. Another week has gone by, about a week and a half this time. Uh, it was a very busy one. I apologize, we're a couple of days late. But like I promised you, this podcast is back in full force, and so we are going absolutely nowhere. Um, We'll be with an episode every single week, especially during this crazy time, but always going forward. Um, wanted to remind you to check out, please, if you haven't yet, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ben Glebe, where you can check out a bunch of bonus features, bonus videos, access to phone calls for me, personal notes, uh, brain trust membership cards, Glebe Squad membership cards, private Q&As, bonus podcast episodes, all kinds of bonus content you can get there. Levels start at $3 a month, 5 10 You can get all kinds of great bonuses. $26, we just had uh, a sign-up, and that one has some awesome perks. So please check that out at patreon.com slash Glebe. And thank you to everybody that has been signing up. Uh, really, really appreciate it during these crazy, crazy financial times. I'm happy to report to all of you that my sense of smell is back, baby. I'm officially over the hump. Don't know and won't know if I officially had the coronavirus but I do know that my sense of smell is back. I'm carrying lemons around with me everywhere. I'm smelling a lemon right now. The smell is so wonderful. This is a bit of a TMI story to share with you, but just to explain how it came back, couldn't smell anything. I was doing my eucalyptus shower spray, couldn't smell it. Roses, nothing. Strong food, spicy foods, nothing. Lemons, not a damn thing. And just three days ago, I was sitting on the couch with my lovely girlfriend and my dog on my lap, and I said, babe, Henry's smell is back. My dog has an anal gland issue that sometimes releases a smell that is the worst thing you could possibly smell on planet Earth. And all of a sudden I smell that and she goes, you, you smell something? I'm like, oh my God, my smell's back. So even that horrible thing that I wish was not part of my dog really served an incredible purpose and helped cure the coronavirus. What if his glands are the cure for the coronavirus? Oh my God. And just to use it as a smelling sauce, I made sure that um that I smelt it a bunch more than I ever possibly wanted to because I didn't want to lose that sense of smell there at all. And so um there's that. Um I uh I appreciate it. And um my I am bottling and selling the scent from my dog. If you're interested in it, go to patreon.com slash Ben where you can get bottled Henry Horse gland smell possible cure for the coronavirus unverified um it worked out pretty well for a while for me not having the sense of smell because i'm showering less than 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 usual i will ask my guests coming up in a moment uh what their hygiene schedule has been like and a bunch of other things we have some great people that i'd like to bring on 
to the podcast in just a moment. But one last thing. Thank you to Laugh-Aid for having me on the amazing telecast uh, webathon that raised over 300 and I think $65,000 to help comedians who have lost all their income. An amazing star-studded event with comedy superstars like Adam Sandler, Jimmy Fallon, Howie Mandel, Eliza Burke-Kreischer, Bill Burr, Mark Marin, uh, Jim Gaffigan, Patton Oswalt, everybody. I mean, it was like 80 huge people, and I was honored to be asked to be part of it. I did a really fun video that I got Kate Walsh from Private Practice and Grey's Anatomy to cameo in, and past podcast guest, one of my favorite humans in the world, the hilarious Bob Odenkirk. And I'm about to release that video on my social media so you can see the uncut full videos. I hope you check that out. And now it is time to bring on our guests, dear friends of mine, and they are my co-hosts on our new show. I've been plugging ad nauseum here on Last Week on Earth, the every single day of the week, except Mondays and Thursdays, social distancing, <laughs> social club, where you can watch us with a celebrity guest and two comedians performing live to an audience somehow during the apocalypse at laughfromhome.com. Chris Bowers is a regular guest host on the nationally syndicated radio program, The Bob and Tom Show. I love Bob and Tom, even though one of them's retired, and I don't remember which one. Host of Trial by Laughter on Comcast. He's <laughs> appeared on, on Laughs on Fox. And Steve Hofstetter, returning guest of the podcast, has a whopping 150 million views on YouTube. The host of Finding Babe Ruth on FS1, his book Ginger Kid, a top five pick on Amazon, and debuted at number one in its category. He was host and executive producer of Laughs on Fox season one and has been on The Late Late Show, E's True Hollywood Story, Comics Unleashed, Comedy All-Stars, a million things. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Bowers and Steve Hofstetter. What's up, fellas? Ah, thanks, Ben. Good to be here. Excited. Good to have you What's guys. What's going on? Everything is good. You know, it's amazing that somehow during end times, we have found a way to start a show that's getting upwards of what now? 10, 15,000 viewers an episode. And, and as Bowers likes to say, he's thriving his best life right now. I'm, I'm having a great time. I feel bad for my friends. Are like, how are you holding up? I'm like, best I've ever been. I mean, sorry. Yeah, it's tough. We're getting through it. You know, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> brag, but yeah. I'm having a fun time. <laughs> for me, it's all an act. I'm completely miserable, but I put on a happy face for you guys. You know, <laughs> That's nice of you. I appreciate that. Um, why don't you guys tell people a little bit about what the experience and what social distancing social club is? Uh, it's just, it's a show. What we, what we figured out, I don't know if you want to give too much of the, uh, the recipe out, but, uh, you know, the, the, the key to comedy is laughter. And I don't mean like you put laugh track on a sitcom to tell dumb people when to laugh. That's not why you need laugh track or laughing during uh, comedians uh, performance. Cause we need laughs like air. We need to hear laughs so we don't kill ourselves. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you need it like to be part of it. It's it, and that's what the people haven't done yet. And with our audience, that's real people laughing at jokes. I think it really makes a huge difference. You see the comic's face kind of light up and go, oh, this is actually comedy. This is close. I don't think I would kill myself if I didn't get laughs, but nice window into your soul there. What were you going to say, Steve? <laughs> uh, I was going to say if I didn't laugh, I would kill Bowers. But I, <laughs> uh, I no, I like I, I think that the biggest part of the show really is the audience. It is, and not just because we have an audience there to to laugh and to bounce off of and it and it really is true like the idea of the pause for laugh and don't get it feels awful yeah so to actually have like a real audience there is great but also because they're so supportive of the show you know we don't have any sponsors we don't have any ads 
it is driven by people donating and tipping and and being appreciative that you know that we're being able to entertain them during the apocalypse and sometimes people give a buck and sometimes pe- someone gave 500 bucks that tip and literally uh, made me emotional people- to see somebody share that much of their of their resources it was really cool and people don't know this but not only does this show help comedians in times of need and help us and help every guest on the show every comedian gets paid is only paying gig in town right now but also every episode Money is being raised. The lion's share of that from Steve Hofstetter's trunk. He's generously donating to the Martin Grant to for the Friendly Shoulder Program to give money to comedians in general who are being affected by having lost all comedy clubs ever being open, perhaps ever again. Which, by the way, I can't tell you how many messages I'm still getting from people being like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing comedy. What do you recommend? And I'm like, wait two months, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Why are people jumping in now? It's so frustrating. Or learn to Zoom, man. This may be the best way to ever do comedy ever. You guys got to quit thinking about old (laughs) This is opportunity, man. The worst thing of all comedy was open mics. You have to drive an hour. If you could figure out how to do a Zoom open mic, which people are going to do, they're already figuring out, this might be the best way to start comedy, where you don't have to drive and buy drinks and get a DUI and all the other stuff you have to do as a comic, and you just learn to <laughs> write jokes. You don't have to get a DUI, Bowers. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, Bowers. Said, Bowers, come on. You can get away from the cops. We know that you have to drink and drive. But <laughs> I said, I do not drink and drive. That's one thing I don't do. I've never had a DUI. I've never been close. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is, that's the, a comic right of pass. I'm just saying that I think the open mic system and get on stage 14 times a week is insane. I think it's dumb. I don't think it, I don't think it works. If you're up at the comedy store and real crowds, great. But if you're just at a bar with nine other comics, eh, I don't, what's the point? But are, so you guys like, on Zoom? but are you guys like me? Because I could actually see Bowers not being like me on this and Steve being on my page. But I hate it when comedians who are already established try to convince other people. And they're usually convincing girls, probably that they want to sleep with or that they think are hot. To try comedy because they have an occasionally funny quip. Oh, you should try comedy. Try comedy. Stop creating competition for us. There's already enough. Well, well see, I, I, I do think that was it, Ben, because here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Once everyone's a comedian, the good ones will rise to the top and everyone will love us. But you think about this. If everyone's a comedian, Gary Golan would be the most famous person in the United States. So I think everybody, if the more everybody, the more, because I, I got a 10 year head start. They're not beating me doesn't right? make any so sense what you're saying. There's such a glut of content already that all it does is make it harder for Wait. them to find the good people. No, 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 Ben. I, I actually – I agree with you, for, but for a different reason. Like I'll I don't care that. about the competition because I think that makes us all sharper and that makes us better. And maybe one of them will end up innovating, and that's great. Boo, what I'm I lazy think, with my jokes, and I want less competition so I can ride my laurels on my old jokes. But go ahead. No, I, I totally understand. You <laughs> have to be worried about competition. But we're, we're okay. <laughs> no, the, I, I think the – like I, I often tell people do not do comedy. And the reason why, it has nothing to do with competition. It has to do with me trying to save them. It's a it's a thankless job for a very long time. Yes. And, and that's if you hit. You know, the standard rule that you hear is 7, 10, 15. Which is, you know, seven years till you feel act- like actually confident. I don't mean that first year of confidence of like, I'm the best comedian ever because I've done a show. I mean like the actual like things are going okay confidence. You know, 10 years till you can really make a living at it and 15 years till you can hit. And that's a long time for people. So every now and then I will, some, I will find someone so funny in regular life 
that I will say, yeah, you could do this. I could, I could see this working for you. Right. But it's so rare. Oh, same. Like I absolutely, when I, and when I find talent and that's what I did with comedy juice for many years before passing the brand off to your, to your, uh, studious hands. I don't know the phrase for that, but to your <laughs> careful gloves, gloved hands, <laughs> creepy, creepy. <laughs> they moved a very weird pattern right there. But when I find somebody great, I absolutely love to encourage them to do it because they'll be good. But not everybody that's tweeted a few funny things in the past should be a comedian. No, I get that. I just said, people have come to me and said, hey, I, this is something I really want to try. and I'll help them. I'll, I'll, I'll give them tips and I'll listen to their jokes and I'll help them get better. And then, you know, get them on stage once and just to see how it goes. And, you know, I had a buddy that I, I, I well, Trevor from O-Town, my buddy, that he always wanted to do stand up. So I coached him for five months. And he did a show at the Ice House, sold out show, Michael Yo show, and did his 10 minutes and crushed. And it was awesome. And I said to him, I said, Trevor, comedy's like heroin. The first time is amazing. And it just gets worse until it ruins your life from there, generally. See, and I don't think, I don't think, that, I think that's a good analogy. And you'll end up in an alley. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Probably trying to well, do stand up in that alley if there's eight people yeah. listening, doing homeless mic night. <laughs> It's you know what it is. Comedy is like heroin because they both lead to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong point. And your girlfriend has to pay for your and your girlfriend has to pay for your house. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. You know, com comedy is comedy is something that it's it's a very very difficult slog. And if you can, if you understand that it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for a while, then great. If you view it as if you view your first five years as a comic as grad school, awesome. If you view your first five years as a comic as like, how come I'm not famous? You're going to be miserable. For sure, because it's such a long slog. Like, like you know, I, I say it all the time. I've done over 400 episodes of television. I've had an hour special, and I still feel all the time like I'm brand new as far as what I can learn, how much I have to build my fan base, how much work I have to do to really resonate, to really hit, to really get to that next level. And I'm pretty successful from like the outside perspective, but inside I, I feel like at any moment it could all disappear and I need to innovate and do different and write better and take it next level. Yeah, but that's also what makes us comedians. And by the way, I'll say, look, I hosted and produced my own show. I, you know, have a huge social media following and I also feel sometimes that you're new. But like <laughs> I <laughs> Steve, you're breaking like, up. It's so it's been great having you here. <laughs> uh, that's not true. My Wi-Fi is very, very fast. But the <laughs> like the but that's what it takes to be uh, like my old podcast was called High Confidence, Low Self Esteem, and the the premise of that name was that that's what it takes to be a comic because you have to believe deep down you are the best, but you always are also like, oh God, please think that I'm the best, please. Right, well, and it's the, a combination Steve, of those two. Yeah, Steve, I love how your podcast. Also, by the way, you're, you always have these like inspirational lesson named podcasts. Your new current podcast is called Failing Forward, which I've done both in life <laughs> if, and on your if podcast. If my current podcast, you mean was my current podcast until the coronavirus, and now is no longer my current podcast. But yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I was going to say, Steve, I, I have a different kind of uh, same kind of concept, but I think comedy. You have to love yourself enough to think that people are going to pay to listen to you talk but hate yourself enough to get better at it. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it is. That's, I, I appreciate you saying exactly what I said, but in different words. No, you <laughs> said, that's not, that's not what you said at all. You said you're afraid. I'm never afraid that I'm not. Gonna I didn't say I'm afraid. I was like, saying you're sitting you said, there be like, please. 
like me, which is afraid. That's fear. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't it's just think fear, you're the funnest. It's desperation. It's different. Okay. Let's agree right. you're right. both afraid and desperate, and I look great <laughs> in hoodie. <laughs> okay, good. We're going to move on. So we've been quarantined now for over three weeks. I think I've been here for 24 days except for a market run 21 days ago. Um, yeah. Steve, you're quarantined alone. Bowers, you're quarantined with your girlfriend, Chrissy. Steve, first, what is it like being completely alone for that length of time? I mean, that is intense. I don't know how I'd be able to do that one. It is uh, extremely intense. Um, I just go by day by, you know, I go day by day and just understand that I currently live in a hellscape and I'll be fine. <laughs> and I no the look, my my hours are weird. Um, you know, sometimes Sometimes I'll I'll sleep way more than I've ever slept on the road. And sometimes like I won't be able to sleep through the night. It's, you know, sometimes I'm having dreams about the quarantine. And then sometimes dreaming is the one place I can hang out with people. So, <laughs> so it completely Still depends on the day. Still from six feet apart just to be safe, please. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah, in the dream, I'm like, back up, man. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, I, I will say I had no idea there'd be th- this many dirty dishes. Um, that scene was cut from I am legend where Will Smith is just constantly washing dishes. Um, but it's, you know, you go through it. It's the same way that like, look, after I got divorced, I didn't have a place to live for four and a half months. I was living on the road and I would come back to LA and try to find a place. And I put in two different bids for two different apartments and neither one worked. And by the time I moved into my place, it was four and a half months later and one of my buddies said, I don't know how, how you could do that, how you could just be bouncing around every night in a different place for four and a half months. And I said, because I had to. Right. And humans are infinitely adaptable. And if you told me in the beginning, hey, it's going to be four and a half months, I'd be like, oh, shit, how am I going to do this? But each day it was like, all right, well, let's do this for another couple of days. That book about now, your divorce could be called From Wifey to Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> One man's descent into loneliness. Yeah. Now, I ask, when I ask you how you can stay in a different place every night for four and a half months, you said Tinder. So I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was lighting a fire each day to keep yeah. you warm. I mean, Power, that is ridiculous. You know it was Bumble. How dare you? I'm a classic. I, I wanted to give you plausible deniability. That's why I said it. Yeah. It, was a, it was a hacky joke. So you we all know you're that. Sure you should have said Christian Mingle. You're on Raya or whatever the famous people are on, I bet. Well, we, now. But, we, you know. we all know <laughs> that Hofstetter just used Tinder to promote his shows. So, let's... Oh, Which, by the way, I actually did. That I was, know uh, you did. Explain yeah, how that was... one worked. Explain how that worked. Steve, I... <laughs> okay, so I'll explain how this one works. So this happened when uh, I was in Oslo with uh, Andrew Rivers. And we had this venue that it was a rather large venue. And it was basically like one of these things where... Um, the rental was, I think about $800 us, but if we had at least a hundred people, it would be $500 us. And if we had 150 people, it would be free. Now I didn't know what I could draw in Oslo. And I was like, well, shit. Uh, all right, let's see what we could do. And we were at like 80 tickets. And so we're like, all right, fuck, let's try to promote this. And Andrew came up with the idea. He goes, let's both get on Tinder and we'll just swipe on people and be like, Hey, I have no interest in you. I mean, we didn't say it that rudely, right? but basically right. not looking for anything, not trying to hook up with you, not trying to date you, live halfway across the world. But if you'd like to come to our show, we have tickets for you. And it worked. 
And we ended up not having to pay anything for the venue. And and that was a promotional strategy for a while. Now, thankfully, I can sell enough tickets that I don't have to do that. But like that was a that was a way to get the word out. Incredible. And most people that we matched with said this is the nicest interaction I've ever had on Tinder. Because they're so used to someone just being like, look at my dick. And we're just what's like, so no, in- just come to a show. Hang out. What's so incredible about that is that for years I did the opposite. I used my shows as Tinder. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> the weirdest part I, was you I, push I, up on stage just going like this. Swiping on people in the row. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. I'm so happy, Steve, you're at a point in your career where you don't have to have 70 random girls from Norway come to your show. I'm sure that would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, when we oh, got no, there's the plane, too many blonde hot girls. This is terrible. What are me and Andrew going to do <laughs> when when Andrew and I got off the plane in uh, Oslo? I've been there three times now, but the first time I went, when we got off the plane, Andrew looked around and goes, holy shit, every girl here looks like Giselle. And I was like, yeah, but we're us and every guy here looks like Thor. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that is always sad when you get to a town with a lot of beautiful women and you just realize quickly they're not in the least bit interested in you. It's like I never yeah. did great in the Midwest. <laughs> Midwest was not my zone. Yeah. Um, Bauer, so you're quarantined with Chrissy. What's it like? I, I know you feel as though you're thriving. No joke. Tell us about your quarantine experience. I mean, I, I really I mean, again, I look at everything as an opportunity. And so I I'm doing this show with you guys, which is literally the most successful I've ever been in show business. I've been doing this 10 years and this is the most I've ever felt like I was close to anything. You know, um, I think we're doing a great show. It's a lot of fun. Everybody likes it. And I mean, I, my mom watches this thing. My mom's never watched anything I've done. I mean, she has, but I mean, not enthusiastically where she sends me texts about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, so that's, so I'm being serious. So like, and then, and then we do the show and then we have a zoom party every night. So like, I've been catching up with people from Indiana and people from all over the country. Like we used to have this crew of Morty's people that worked at my comedy club in the Midwest that moved away. One moved to North Carolina, one, one lives in Denver. I live in California. We've been doing Zoom party, like 12 of us on there. You know, McComas pops in, Tim McLaughlin makes its appearance, all these comics show up. And it's just this, I mean, five or six hours where it's like, I would have been sitting in my apartment watching that 70s show. I still wouldn't have been outside. I'd have been watching that 70s show on a random Sunday night. You know what I mean? I mean, I do miss going out sometimes, but I've been having just as much fun. I, I realized that when I went to bars, I just was trying to meet people to replicate the people I already knew and loved. Right. So why not just hang out with them? for 50 cents a beer instead of $8. I mean, so it's on some level, it's been, that's been really cool. Now, that being said, it's because I have an awesome woman who I'm in love with, who, you know, we physically is great. I mean, I, I I have somebody to touch. I can't imagine not having somebody to cuddle with or talk to, or, you know I mean? I feel for you, Steve, completely. And the people by themselves, I mean, (laughs) I'm just saying like, that would be really tough. And, and, and honestly, she was in Florida. She was on a cruise ship, actually, when this stuff all went down, like before it all got bad, she was on a cruise. And luckily she got back in but she was supposed to stay in Florida till like Tuesday and Friday when I was Thursday when I was at Steve's house, I, I called her and was like, you have to get home soon. I'm afraid they're going to shut down the airports. And my mom last week told me, she goes, you know, Chris, I've known you your whole life, obviously. And she, she said, I've never heard you panicked until she wasn't going to be home. Wow. Like I could not have done this by myself in an apartment. She goes, she goes, I've seen you fail businesses. I've seen you get divorced. I've seen you your whole life. I've never seen you panicked and not sure what you're going to do until Chrissy wasn't going to be there. So I'm so lucky and happy that she got, she made it home. Was, and that's really, the, that, that's why I'm thriving. It's because I'm in a great relationship. I can't imagine, you know, people in bad relationships or, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not trying to brag, but it's just, it's were been you so concerned and panicked because she had the hot dogs. Was she in charge of the hot dog run? 
<laughs> yes, yes. See, she has the the debit card, and I she gave me my money. She gave yeah. me my pizza money before she left for Florida, but I didn't have any more money after. So she didn't come home. Uh, I was going to end up being a model. I'd be all skinny. Also, uh, I think there. I think the reason your mother's never seen you panic before is because she doesn't watch your shows. But. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, also, uh, I hate to tell you, she's only watching this now because she's a big fan of Ben Glebe. But right. oh, I'm sure. No, Huge yeah, idiot yeah. test fan. But no, I mean, honest, like, Widespread panic. The, the band I... got their name when they saw the expression on, on Bauer's face when he was performing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Panic at the you... Disco <laughs> got their name when they saw the expression on Bauer's face <laughs> and his jacket. <laughs> you know what's so sad to me is this obviously means you guys have never watched me do comedy. <laughs> you've never taken the time to watch any of my sets and that hurts my feelings more uh, than you saying that i panic on stage <laughs> i have seen you uh the reason i, I say know. that is because it's fun it's it's uh, i wouldn't I say that if it was see, true see this is how i handle heckler steve i make like you hurt my feelings and then all of a sudden you apologize to me i don't uh, have to yell at him you on youtube that's just... true and it's unfair because i forgot you don't have feelings and that's <laughs> and that's also on me. what a little bitch way to get out of a heckling situation <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but i will say like when i got divorced the second time i went back home to my hometown and i was telling my mom and my stepdad about it and my stepdad looks at me and he goes i have a question for you man i go what he goes have you ever been sad <laughs> I go, he goes i've known you since you were 12 man i've never seen you sad one goddamn time what the fuck's going on i was like i don't know man i just don't really get sad i don't it's not one of the things i do so we're about to get into the stories of the week but since a lot of them are coronavirus related, I, w- I have to keep it light for another minute. We're going to keep it light as we can through those stories too. But Bowers, you have an album coming out just in a couple of days called Unpopular Opinions. And if you'll get to know yep. Bowers throughout this podcast, but he's a man with many different views of life you've never heard. So can you just kind of run us through some of your more unpopular opinions? Well, I'm going to tell you, the, the, there's you know, that list right now of things that everybody likes that you don't. Here are my seven. Uh, I don't like kids, dogs, old people. I don't like music, food, the beach, or my own <laughs> orgasms. So if that gives you a sense of who I am as a person. You just, uh, you just brought my, my Corona cough back. The, the, the list got better and better. Can we? I've never heard the orgasms one. What do you mean you don't like your own orgasms? Say, when I come, the party's over, and it's always sooner than I want. So it pisses me off. Every time I have an orgasm, I'm like, God damn it. Now everybody has to go home? This sucks. So oh. I, uh, I... <laughs> By the way, how, how many on that list does Chrissy agree with? I'd imagine that last one. But... <laughs> Uh, Chrissy's not a big food person. Like she eats macaroni and cheese pretty much every meal, every day. We're not food. I just, I just don't like a lot of foods. I like, I eat chicken fingers and pizza and cheeseburgers. I don't need fancy stuff. I don't like, I haven't had a fruit or a vegetable since 1996. That's probably an unpopular <laughs> opinion. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, cause I it's crazy. Like How's the scurvy going? <laughs> I'm saying, I think it's all lies, man. I believe in coronavirus, but not vegetables. Listen, yes, when they, the had, way, when they had ship captains on the way on the Mayflower getting scurvy on account of no fruit of the sailors, it was a vast right-wing conspiracy to bring Trump down, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. By the way, uh, Left-wing Bowers conspiracy. actually has the palate of a of an eight-year-old mad at a menu. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying I only, I only eat processed foods. I don't like anything fresh. Like my buddy's like, oh, there's nothing fresher than a, a freshly killed chicken. I'm like, no, I want a chicken. I want a thousand chickens squished together and stamped into dinosaur shapes. I like shit from the freezer. <laughs> oh my god, I was gonna make a dinosaur shaped joke. <laughs> oh my god, that's so, real. I love dinosaur nuggets. <laughs> and so, what else on that list again? Please go a little slower because we have to quickly hit all, all right, of them. So, 
So I don't like kids. I mean, I don't That's have kids. fair. I, I agree with that kids. one. Next. That seems terrible. I don't like dogs. They just won't lay the fuck down. That's just lay down and shut thing. up. The dog really is the laying dog in is. my lap right now. Henry Horse is calm as can be. And by the way, I had I had a couple dogs. I just don't... I don't mind dogs. I would pet your dog. I would like your dog. I just don't want to own a dog. I don't have the yep, responsibility. Like I've owned dogs that were 10 that still shit in the house because of me. I was just too lazy <laughs> to take them out. They'd be like, hey, I want to go out. And I'd be like, that is shit in the house. They'd be like, all right. I mean, literally, oh that's, I just got, I just, I don't, I, I mean, I live in a second floor apartment right now. There's no fucking way I'd walk a dog. I might lean him over the side. There's no <laughs> By way the way, walk downstairs. Bowers' dog would look at what Bowers ate and was like, ugh, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> The dog is the only dog not begging for the food and the only dog owner begging for the dog food. Let me get in there. (laughs) Is that kibble dinosaur shaped? (laughs) (laughs) Tired of all this round, boring ass kibble. Pass. Yeah. I mean, me me and Chrissy's uh, philosophy is no kids, no dogs, no responsibility. Like we don't, I don't try to make things more responsible. I don't try to get extra work. I just try to do as little as I can and eat. I will you know? tell so, you that not having kids during these end times is definitely pretty freaking great. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, so old people, I just have never liked old people. I think they're... They smell I, weird. I, I'll grant you that. Well, no wonder you're thriving right now, Bowers. By the way, I've been saying for five years that all the problems will be solved once all the baby boomers are dead. And then this happens. I mean... Part of it's like, yeah, cool. I mean, like, if you want yeah. Trump to lose, let's walk that back be, a little bit. No, <laughs> if, you to, if you want Trump to lose the election, root for coronavirus, motherfucker, because he's losing his base every day. That's why he cares now. Don't act like he gives a fuck about any of these people. Once November happens, he doesn't give a shit. Every, everybody dies. Oh, that I he agree cares with. Now they care. He cares now because it's his base that's dying. But also, so, the universe took the phrase "okay, boomer" very seriously, and they're like, "You want us to step <laughs> in? That's ridiculous." But it's actually not yeah. his base that's dying. It's mostly blue states and big cities that are dying. Well, in rural so so far, but for now, but they're, for now. But the, they're, they're catching people are up. Gonna, yeah, they're going to catch up. I mean, anyway, and I'm, I don't want people to die. I'm kidding. I will walk that back. But I am saying that I just I think we have this reverence for old people. But the old people I know are all dumber than the people younger than them. Right. Well, like my grandma was the people that taught you not to eat fruits or vegetables or to no, go outside my, or take care of animals you own. My grandma had a master's degree and ran a phone company and blah, 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 but she can't work an iPad. It's like, it's a, which one's the pictures? It's the pi- the fucking picture of a pic. Just push the camera. What do you, <laughs> like, I just can't, I gotta, you know, like I just don't. And that's, and I mean, honestly, I truly think the, the, the old people, the, it's the wisdom of old people. The idea that old people have wisdom is what's kept progress and society slowed for, for deck for millennia. Cause if we just said, no, you're dumb. You don't know. We know. And we just did what was right. We, we anyway, I'm just, That's I don't like, point. uh, I don't, I don't, again, I don't like food. Uh, I don't like, yeah. what, uh, what music. does that mean? You don't like good food. You don't want to ever go to a fancy restaurant once in a blue and have an amazing steak or have an incredible. So he's not, he's not a foodie. Salad. Like it's like no, the, I mean, the quality of the food doesn't matter. No. And there's a couple pizza places I really like. Cause you, I, my theory is you, it, cause it'll still kill you as long as it still has a good chance to make you oh. worse health. You're into it. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, again, I don't want to be older than 65. That seems crazy. Right. So I'm 65 and I'm out. I'm, statement my goal is my you're goal out. Is you're going to kill yourself at 65 month after my 65th birthday. Yeah. Can you do That's it the on the social distancing social club so we can get the views? Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. We can fit. We, if we can fit, if we can fit the phone mount of my phone on my convertible car that I'm going to drive off the fucking mountain in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, then yeah. We'll, we'll oh do it my online. God. You have the whole plan. That's one of the things they say. If you got the plan, it's real. I'm not kidding. I will not live past 65 in one month. How old are you now? Funeral. 
I'm 46. My 65th Jesus. birthday will be my funeral, and then I'll fucking go By the way, all my money in Vegas and bag ben, my if, and then drive if we're off doing a social distancing social club in 19 years, <laughs> I'm also going to drive off a cliff. <laughs> and also, if Bowers is serious about this, one month before his 65th birthday, I'm ending the friendship so I don't have to go find this canyon and go broom stuff up with a dustpan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I don't I don't I don't do things because I just don't want to be old. I'm not I'm not worried about it. I don't like old people. I don't want to be old. I mean, I, if you think you want to be seventy, go to a Golden Corral for half an hour and call me and tell I me love that's what you want corrals. to be. I love kidding? Golden Corral too, but I don't want to be one of those old people with a walker and Golden Corral and an oxygen tank. That's not what I need. You still I'm get done. to eat Golden Corral. They got great buttered buttered rolls. They got those butter crackers. Everything with butter. It's a fantastic place. <laughs> I think it's cool, Ben, that you got sponsored by Golden Corral. Thank you very but much. Please use code, the, what do I press? Tell me again, what do I press for 20% off yeah. of a Golden Corral buffet? Yeah, and then I just, and I, don't, I don't like music. That's the one that most people can't Yeah, can't that's unfathomable. What does that mean? But, and, 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 well, so I like songs. Here's my problem with music. And Doug Stanhope <laughs> already wrote the perfect joke about it, so I can't even do a joke about it. because Songs are music, bro. What? Songs are music. I don't know if you've ever been a brush, a, a, a brush of what songs are, or what a brush with the word a brush. What I said, no, I said, I said, Doug Stanhope has a joke, yeah. about why about music. What's the joke? That's perfect. He basically, it's a, okay, the joke. It's a Doug Stanhope joke. I'm not, but but he says in Brisbee, Arizona, it's kind of boring. So sometimes I'll take an ambient and a laxative to see which one wins. So there's kind of three highs. It starts as gambling, then it turns into. Uh, uh, or it starts as it starts as a down, or then it turns into and then it turns and it's an upper, and then it turns into gambling, right? And he goes, I take an ambient and a laxative, see which one wins. And Bisbee, I take an ambient and a laxative, see which wins. Sometimes I take an ambient and a laxative, see which wins. I take an ambient and a lax, and that's how easy it is to write a fucking song. He's like, you got four goddamn minutes, you just repeat the same thing thirty eight times, you lazy fucks. It's like I write an hour every year. It's got to go in the same direction. All the words have to be different. It's got to have a beginning, middle, and end. And you make more money than me, fucking three minutes of saying the same shit. And that's what pissed me off about music. I it's, love Stanhope, but first of all, most songs don't sing about laxatives and gambling on shitting yourself. Secondly, uh, just because something isn't as hard as comedy doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. Are you also angry at air? Because it's just there. No, 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 you no. can just breathe no, listen, it in super no, no, easy. No, no, you don't have to create no, a new what, hour what of air every year. I, what, what I'm saying is this. I, I like songs that say something. I like I like lyrics. I like some I want but I because I'm a word guy. I don't know what a good guitar is from a bad guitar. I don't know what good drums sound like. Where do they hit a I don't know, right? I mean, like I don't like the rolling stuff. If you start me up, yeah. If you start me up, I'll never stop, never stop. Okay, that's cool. If you start me up, yeah, I heard that part. If you start me up, I'll never stop. Never, yeah, I got that part. If you start yeah, well, they're telling part. you they someone started them up, so they're not gonna stop. <laughs> I know, but my point is that's how I don't like songs like that. Now there are songs I like, and, and I will say music can make me super happy, but that's why I don't overuse it, right? Like I kind of want that with most drugs is like it, it makes it, it no taps danger into... to listening to music. No, you can, get, you can listen to music so much that it doesn't make you joyous anymore. You can listen to music so much that it becomes just the background of your life. You're in a traffic jam and you're listening to music. So now you're ruining music by combining it with a traffic jam. No, listen to music with your top down after you crush a set over the Hollywood Hills and you're fucking just living life. That's when you crank a fucking song and you rule the world. That's a lot. You don't do that when you're driving in traffic. You don't do that when you're cleaning the fucking house. You do that when you need it. That's a lot like how I feel about talking with you. At first I loved it, but I feel like I've overdone it. (laughs) And now it's kind of lost its luster. I I also agree with that. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get into the... the, And tell people... 
your album when they can get it, where they can get it? Uh, it pre-sale right now. It drops Tuesday. Uh, it is at Bowers B O W E R S Album dot com. Bowers Album dot com will redirect you to the Amazon or the iTunes link. Love it. Okay, so during this last week, um, first of all, the French police have been getting some very interesting questions that they're equivalent to nine one one. Some of the more absurd questions they've been getting since confinement has begun globally on their dialing 17 emergency line is things like, can my husband spend the weekend with his mistress? Or a stranger caressed my horse. Is there a risk it's contaminated with coronavirus? Um, Is that like a translation thing or is caress really the equivalent of the French word they used? (laughs) <laughs> I am imagining somebody got very, very friendly with that horse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they used a condom, then yeah, 72 hours. But if they didn't use a condom, then probably you're fine. I don't think it's transmitted by a horse. Well, that was right? your other thing, is you don't use condoms, right? Oh, no, of course not. And you used to be a motivational speaker for high school and college students? Yep. I mean, they just let anybody in these days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Juicy Smollett. I don't remember what comedian called him Juicy. Maybe it was Chappelle. Chappelle. Yep, yep. Chappelle, Juicy Smollett. He's back, y'all. He broke his social media silence with a message during his quarantine. He said in the middle, this is day 421 of the quarantine. Hope y'all are staying safe. Spread love and kindness, not Rona. And then began singing Stevie Wonder's song that goes... Like a long, lonely stream, I keep reaching towards the dream, moving on, moving on. Are you ready to move on and accept Juicy back into your life? Should he be allowed back into society? Do we forgive the staged attack and fake hanging bleach hate crime incident? Or do we not need no well, Juicy? Well, considering he still, he still says it's real, no. Mm. Um, I think the first step to him uh, admitting it's fake is admitting it's fake. That's a good point. Uh uh, but also, I mean, he, look, he's allowed to be in society, but we can still make fun of him. I agree with like, that. Like that's as well. part of part of him being in society. And I will say though that that tweet is still better than. Have you seen the people who are like, "Oh, it's day four of quarantine." I'm like, "Day oh. day four? <laughs> you irresponsible fuck." <laughs> day four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he is a ridiculous he's a ridiculous person who wasted a, a lot of a lot of uh, public money, but more so. Uh, ended up feeding the opposite of the narrative that he was trying to feed. Yes, and made it made it more difficult for people who actually get attacked based on hate crimes. And what's even so more frustrating about him is that he did it while on a network show. You weren't even desperate, bro. You were making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Not the time. Yeah, Not, n- never's the time. But especially when on a network show. Yeah, Ben, when is the time to stage a hate crime? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think spring. You know, the weather's good. Yeah. Um uh, it makes Ty- more sense for like outdoor because part of the reason why it was so it was so obviously fake was that like no one's just walking around in Chicago in the winter talking to each other. Right. And <laughs> the Trump supporter hate crime guys were black dudes wearing MAGA hats. Also something you don't see particularly often. Yeah. Uh, a tiger at New York City's Bronx Zoo has tested positive for coronavirus. It is the first known infection in an animal in the U.S. or a tiger anywhere. The four-year-old Malayan tiger named Nadia and six other tigers and lions have fallen ill. Um, what do we do? What do we do? And is this can this be blamed on, on Joe Exotic, do you think? 
Tiger King himself. Well, he, he has Corona for sure, so I don't know. He got Corona think. this week too. That's correct. Yeah, Joe Joe Exotic and the Tigers all have Corona, so I can't imagine that's a coincidence. I think Netflix did all of this. I think Netflix is behind all of this. Think that <laughs> maybe is true. Like no, they're like, probably they're an idea. <laughs> they're losing the they're losing the most money. You know what kind of bandwidth that this takes? Like they gain money from subscribers. They don't gain money from us all passing around our uncle's passwords. That's like a that's. But a month before this, they kind of started cracking down on the nine passwords, and they 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 charged you more money. Yeah, but they but they they gain money when people have a subscription and don't watch much. Like right. that's their that's and the they've already model. agreed to lower their their streaming speeds in Europe. Their standard now is standard definition instead of high definition. That's probably coming here too. Yeah, because they can't they can't afford the amount of stream. Like if you pay you know ten bucks a month or whatever it is uh, for Netflix. And you watch a couple hours of content, that's fine. But if you pay ten bucks a month for Netflix and watch ten hours a day, that costs them a lot of money. So I think it's now, clear. See, actually, see. who's behind all this is not Netflix; it's Chris Bowers, who's the only one thriving right. during this apocalypse. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Steve, the, the internet is just a series of tubes, right? So I mean, as long as you can get the Netflix in the <laughs> tubes, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, they, that's actually what happens when I want to watch Netflix. I call them up and I go, "One Netflix, please," and then they shoot it through the tube. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Bowers, um, did you visit and then pilfer from Liberace's mansion to get that jacket, or? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, I, I eventually I'll have big, have some Liberace stuff. This is kind of tame. I guess this is what he would wear to the pool, probably. It's like Definitely a, a pool robe pool jacket, kind of a I would imagine. The thing that I love about that jacket, though, is it reminds me of the tablecloth from Passover growing up. And, like, that's not even a burn. That's 100% true. That very much yeah. looks like that tablecloth. And then my grandmother would put that around her shoulders and offer us tea with far too much honey. <laughs> my, my actual goal if i ever had money money would be to go to thrift shops and antique stores and buy like old civil war couches and drapes and like cool velvety shit and just have it made into tuxedo jackets that's really my yeah goal it's life. definitely good you're not gonna live past 65 then yeah we all we all have goals you know <laughs> it's, it's good to have goals by the way uh question about uh the, the weird thing about uh this tech is that all these uh older people who like we're just, you know, complaining about Hillary's emails and her private email server and all this stuff. Can't figure out how to use Zoom. Like, <laughs> I think that's a little fucked. Well, that was my problem with Hillary in the beginning was like they said, oh, she had a second Blackberry. I'm like, I'm just pissed she has one Blackberry. What are you doing? Get an iPhone. Yeah. God damn it. I'm going <laughs> with a black president. I'm not going with a Blackberry president. <laughs> Well, the the like black the reason she had a BlackBerry actually is because that is the most secure phone. That is why it still lived for as long as it did, because Blackberries are actually fairly secure phones. But it's just it was just always interesting to me that people who knew nothing about tech demanded that a different old lady know a lot about tech, which well, is yeah, I, weird to me. Yeah. Well, well really we currently have a very old man that we're expecting to know a lot about pandemics. Trump just said this week that. It's not like we have a massive recession or worse. It's artificial because we turned it off. Uh, his remarks came a day after the Labor Department announced Thursday morning that 6.6 million Americans have filed for jobless claims last week, an unprecedented record-breaking figure that economists warned could pretend an unprecedented depression in our country. By the way, first of all, that's up to 10 million now. And second of all, the record was right, under a million, million before. It was under a million, yeah. And in in recent history, like long, long, long time, it wasn't more than three hundred and seventy five thousand claims. Yeah, 
So this is a pretty bad place we are in. Well, yeah. Well, okay, okay. Uh, you realize <laughs> that the the unemployment rate used to be fifty six percent in the fifties. I don't think the unemployment rate. Was well, 56%. when women weren't allowed to work, because because women oh. didn't work. Half the people. I'm just saying, half the people didn't work. We doubled our workforce. But each so household I mean, still had money. Yeah, because only half the people work. It's supply and demand. When twice as many people work, everyone makes half as much. That's just how it works. And I'm all for everybody working. I'm just saying that that's what happened to the economy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I, it, it, I'm open for a time I, soon where, where men just don't have to work. I'd be down if all the women made all the money. My girlfriend, who is, of course, since I'm quarantined, switching this podcast, just gave me a look with, of laughter and disgust and a quick head shake. No, so I think that's not happening in this near future. But what yeah. else? I, I think I think the best thing about being quarantined by myself is that I don't accidentally say things that could end my relationship because I don't have one. So makes it easier. I, I mean, that, that, that's is, some Chris Bowers logic right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm saying everything is going to change. Like even the people that think, oh, in three weeks, we're going to go back to what everything is going to change forever. OK, they're 60. Look. Robots were coming for our jobs anyway. I was talking to a friend tonight. I think this is actually the greatest thing that could have ever happened to us because five years from now, everyone's gonna, everybody's all menial jobs will be done by robots, right? All the non-essential whatever can be done by robots, and people weren't going to be able to handle. It. They weren't going to do well. The truckers were going to strive. I mean, this is what Andrew Yang talked about. The truckers were going to riot. You're still pushing for that like, Yang gang, aren't you? But what I'm saying is that now we're all going to get three months to hang out with our families and our kids and our and our lives and realize, oh. We didn't have to go to work all this time. I mean, you realize the only reason Chili's and Applebee's exist is because all the Chili's waitresses go to Applebee's after their shift and all the Applebee's waitresses go to Chili's <laughs> after their shift. And if we, just, if we just close both those restaurants, no one would have to work and they could drink at their houses. That's what we're going to figure out. <laughs> That's the best argument for universal basic income I've ever heard in my life. Yang should have hired you as a messaging guy back during the campaign. <laughs> yeah, I, I think his his campaign should have been like, look, if we just do UBI, Applebee's will close. And we were like, oh, yeah, that is a better thing. That's much By better. By the way, Apple, you, Applebee's is not going to make it through this. Neither is Chili's. None of those big chains are making it. I mean, maybe one like Dave and Buster's will because they have games. There's some other ones that have a kind of foothold. But all, those were already dying with millennials not going to them anyway. And this is the death shot for all those places. You're not going to see a Red Lobster. You're not going to see a Chili's. You're not going to see an Applebee's. Because everybody's going to support their local. No more Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I'm just saying. That's what's going to. That's Again, that's, everything is going to change. Everything. I mean, the, I agree, honestly, I he's, he's, he's getting that information, Steve, because he, of course, subscribes to the red, the red uh, political website lobsterblog.org where they're trying to <laughs> yeah. indoctrinate no, us I, against eating them. Uh, no, when I stare into this coat, I can see the future. That's what you guys don't understand. That's why I wear this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Trump has been demanding appreciation during this uh, several-week quarantine. He literally has been using his daily coronavirus briefing to attack Democratic governors who he thinks are showing insufficient gratitude to his administration and their great Perfect, near perfect response to the pandemic. And I just want them to be appreciative, he said, arguing that failing to show appreciation was insulting not just him, but the Army Corps of Engineers, which has been part of the federal response to the pandemic. He's told, he literally said in the press conference that he told Vice President Mike Pence, a man who looks like he's constantly constipated and regretting all of his life decisions, to call, to not call governors who haven't shown proper deference, quote, they don't treat you right. I don't call. I don't call. 
This is the man we're living under, who also, by the way, if you missed it this week, couldn't help but drop in a brag about the fact that he used to bang models in the same sentence about saying hundreds of thousands of us are going to die. He literally said, it's going to be 100,000 at least, probably 200,000 dying. That's what all the models are saying. I don't get involved with models. I mean, not that kind of model. I used to. But the point is, in the same sentence. Uh, ben, I'm sorry, but that was the, one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. God damn, that was hilarious. I mean, here's what you got to understand about Trump. And I'm not a Trump guy. I don't think, I think, here's the great thing about what's happening right now. We don't have to argue about this anymore. I know that's the whole point of this podcast, so I'm sorry. But, but <laughs> that's not the whole like, point. Just a good chunk <laughs> of it. My point is, here, here's the thing. We're going to know in real time who was right and who was wrong. Okay? In, by, by November, either 200,000, 500,000, a million people are going to die and things are going to over, whatever, or it's going to be 50,000. And, and also here's where I like this in Texas and, and Florida, where they, they had, they shut down things a month after California and Ohio. If, if deaths are five times higher there or 10 times higher there than they are California and, and Ohio, then we realize, yeah, those States fucked up. But if it's relatively the same, then maybe we didn't have to do all this shit. I'm saying we're going to have, we don't have to argue about, it. we don't have to have, I mean, listen to the doctors, stay inside, fucking let's do this, but we'll know at the end. We don't have to bitch about that. We will know, right? Second thing I'll say about Trump is once you realize that Trump just loves making you fucking people crazy, it makes him laugh. He's just joking almost all of the time. Like, is he an idiot? Yes. Does he know what he's doing? No. But when he tweets out dumb shit, Twitter underlines the words that are misspelled. He purposely is doing that to fuck with you. Don't take the bait. That's I also, by the way, I will say, Glebe, look, I don't I don't like Trump very much, but I do think that the Democratic governors should like this show a little appreciation, maybe maybe hug him, cough in his face a little <laughs> bit, maybe maybe lick the side of his cheek. You know, and, just and really I, show that it's it's important to them. You know, and, maybe and that, was, and that was shitty. I mean, to, to, I mean, you're right. And I, I wish he wouldn't brag. And it pisses me off when he's like, I don't know if it was skill or it was just a you know, intuition, like, shut up, dude. You listen to somebody. I have a natural understanding of <laughs> pandemics. A lot of people don't have it. I, I do have it. Yeah. I hate that part. And, and this is what happens when you, and I like that in you your scenario, 50,000 dying is a great success and Trump's a hero. No, I'm not saying Trump's a hero, but I'm saying, okay, if we shut down the entire economy and change the entire world for 50,000 people, is that worth it to you? Because it's not to me. I'm sorry, but I don't know these people. Even if my grandma died, all right, fine. I'll lose my grandma to fucking still be able to do. I'm just saying, like, to we had a. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if it's if now is it fifty thousand because we you just we sacrificed your grandmother so you can get back to the old way of life. Uh, yeah, but in me. fairness, hold on, Ben. Ben, in fairness, he really wants to make a jacket out of her couch. So, <laughs> oh my God, I mean, you just said exactly what that governor of fucking—I don't remember what state it was. No, no, lieutenant, lieutenant governor of Texas. Lieutenant governor of Texas. But, Look, if we have to die, old people have to die. Are you kidding me? I don't know why I gave him Trump's voice. Yes, I do. I, I'm not saying that they have to die. That's not what my point is. What I'm saying is that if it if 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 Texas dies no more than Ohio. Ohio and Texas. I get your point, and we death. will see. But the point That's is, regardless point. of of that, it is objectively incredibly stupid during an onslaught of a pandemic to have first disbanded the pandemic task force, then say it's a hoax because you like to call everything a hoax, and then oh, yes, put yes, and, yes, and no, then no, say he... don't shelter in place and shake everybody's hand and keep bragging about that. 
Those are objectively very stupid, very wrong, very dangerous things. Well, I mean, you you know also, like, right now, so Boris Johnson on March 3rd talked about how he's going into hospitals and shaking everybody's hands. and basically Even coronavirus blah, victims. Blah, blah, blah. He's, not only did he get coronavirus, he's now in the hospital with it. He got admitted Is to the he? hospital. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was the, uh, he's the first world leader to get it. And also, it's been 10 days, and he has not kicked the symptoms yet. And so now he's in the hospital. And... I do want him to pull through. I do not like him at all. I do want him to pull through because I'm not an asshole and I'm not rooting for him to die. It's yeah, but it, it's why, one of those things. What? Why do we care when terrible people terrible people die? Everybody dies. If you're terrible and you die, great. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so sad Hitler died. No, fuck Hitler and fuck Boris Johnson. No, I'm not I, saying I'm not I, saying I, I'm going to be sad. I'm saying that like, I look. want him to die. I'm saying I want those people who die. <laughs> that would be great if they died. I mean, why? I don't know them. They're not my friends. Fuck them. I don't, I, but I get the whole fucking, that. I don't understand. I, again, because I'm going to die at 65. I don't know what this fetish is we have of everyone has to live forever and everybody has to be 107. That's fucking, everyone dies. It, it is something that I learned, something that I learned during this, which I did not know before. And actually, Bowers, you might've even been the one to tell me is I didn't know that in a lot of other countries, they do not treat certain illnesses. Because it like stage four cancer doesn't get treated in most countries yeah, because I they just say, that. yeah, they just say, hey, you you lived a great life and you're not going to come back from this. And why should the last six months of your life be torture? Why not just no, well, well, live as well that. as you can? No, it's not that it's it, to pay for everyone's health care in Canada. They can't spend 70 percent on, on the last two years. You're but it's but it's they, both. they have to make they have to make decisions. It's not, right, it's but not it's about both. which is the health, which is the death panels that. Exactly is what Sarah Palin and all them created that phrase to scare people of getting universal health care is that if the government's paying for everybody's health care, there will be death panels. And by that, they meant rationed care at the end of life. They're going to decide who they can't save. Yeah. Which, Which is, I mean, that's, that is, that's a true thing. That's a real thing that's going to happen. And, I mean, right. And, and I'm, so, still, I'm, still for, I'm still for it. And if I'm, if I'm on the receiving end of that or my dad is or my mom is. Then yeah, that's just, I, I'm willing to make that sacrifice to have everyone be. Are your mom or dad willing to make that sacrifice? Have you have you texted your parents and asked their thoughts on that? Because that's why I'm not an advocate of Medicare for all. Even though Trump now is 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 talking about perhaps expanding Medicare and Medicaid and thinks it's unfair that poor people don't have health insurance suddenly yet he still won't expand or reopen the Obamacare marketplaces to people during this time. But that's why I don't think you should just have government health care in America. Part of what it is is we need the choice to be able to go if you want to live longer, if you want to live longer than Bowers, and you don't want to kill off your parents like for some reason Bowers doesn't have a problem with, you can seek better care. Okay, and I'm fine. I'm, again, I'm just saying my whole thing is I just don't fear death. Death is not a terrible thing. Death is part of life. It's what makes life important. If nobody ever died, we'd get bored as shit, and it would be awful. I mean, so like, why not end it today? Here, why not end it right now on this podcast? Because I'm still having a good time. As but what if, you're still, if you're a, what if your par- are your parents good- still having a good time? Uh, my mom probably is. My dad's having an okay time. He watches too much Fox News and bitches about shit, so he's falling out. But I'm saying is like my point is my grandma's not having a good time. She's 93. And why is she, she still living? Why is she not trying to end it? I think it's because she's weak. I don't know. I think she's a wuss, but that's me. I don't know. I'm saying like I just, <laughs> you know, I, I say, Grandma, why are you still around? What are you doing? Why you you said that to her by yourself. Yes, I'm like you miss Grandpa. He died 15 years ago. What are you doing? And what did she say to that? Lose my I'm number. Just not, I'm just, I'm just not ready to go. I'm like, well, okay, I'm happy for you, but are you happy? Well, no. Okay, well, I guess be afraid to die until you're. His album is called Unpopular Opinions, everybody. 
Yeah, Barrett's trying to convince his nana to die. Oh my but god! I look. I I. Agree I think Bowers will end up winning the presidency in this election. This. I agree with a little sliver of this. In that, like personally, once I get to the point where I don't have all my faculties, once I once my mind starts to go, I do not want to be here anymore. And but think, that is a personal decision. Yeah, and I want to die when people will still be sad. Yeah, Bowers, you already <laughs> the ship has already sailed on that one, buddy. I, I hate to break yeah. it to you, <laughs> you would have had to go about five years ago for that. Well, I mean, you're already a couple years past what I picked in the pool. So, I mean, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I'm my saying- mind to go. To me, that's the ultimate horrible thing because you don't get to enjoy your life. But to me, if my mind is still sharp and I still have the ability to think and have memories, I want to be connected to a computer and live forever. I don't even care if I have a body. I want to live for 5,000 years. Oh, I no, want to... I want to know the end of the movie, man. Lost is a good show, but after seven seasons, I don't know what the fuck is No, I, I want to see the future. I okay. Thank you. Please don't I kill just me, need to, I just want to live long enough to see the Mets win a World Series, so that might take a bit. <laughs> Dude, you should honestly consider Bauer's plan at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess what I'm saying, Ben, and I know I sound really terrible on this whole thing or whatever. I'm a little high, but more than we are on our show. I, I, I was waiting for three hours for this, and I got a little higher than I normally do uh, when I'm going to talk to people. So if I became a, as a monster there, I apologize. What I'm saying is this. <laughs> think about how much harder you would attack life if you gave yourself till 65. If you weren't trying to eke it out. There's a, my, here's how I live life. There was a, a, a movie called Gattaca a long time ago. Ethan, I Hall, love Gattaca. There's no gene for the human spirit. Yes, but basically, so so it's a genetically perfect society. Ethan Hawke was born by regular people. His brother's genetically perfect. He hates him because they used to swim out in the ocean, and the first person to turn back was the loser. And Ethan Hawke, even though it wasn't genetically perfect, would always win. And the guy said, his brother said, how could you always beat me? And he said, because you were always saving something for the swim back. I'm not saving anything for the swim back. I'm going to put every minute into life till I'm 65. Now, if I live to be 80, great, cool. But I'm not going to like, oh, one day I'll do this or someday I'll get there. Or some, no, I'm doing it all right fucking now. And if it if it takes me out early, cool. But you I'm just not gonna, got I'm through gonna... saying that you love to not work very hard and you sit around and get drunk every night and eat hot dogs. That's not that's what, he, that's what he's that's, that's what, that's what I'm getting everything life. out of life is for him. Bet you guys, you guys make fun of me, but I am the happiest person you've ever met in your fucking life. I have more friends than anyone you know, and I have a. I mean, I'm just saying, I fucking am crushing this shit, and I have been for 15 years, and I'm having a blast, and I have no goddamn money. I can't imagine how much fun I would have if I had money. But then why? But you can't get that money without crushing it harder and working harder. And you just aren't you excited now that we have this show that's getting attention and getting people excited? And you're getting more of a mainstream shot at things isn't that something you want to do more of or you would you rather say eh, i'm gonna quit social distancing club and forget the no, album no, I, I, no i'm having a great time and i and, and and by the way i feel like everything that's ever happened to me has led to this point just like steve is the one is one is, is i mean his tech ability and his crowd and the fact that he's been working with the, with his youtube stuff forever just perfectly aligned into this to be perfect you know what i mean we've all been friends for a long time at all i mean we we Simultaneously, the three of us called each other. I called Steve. You called Steve. We're like, we got to do something, and we figured it yeah. out within what three hours. Yeah. And it just we're the one thing that's working. I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like I'm in the right exact spot I'm supposed to be in, and the stuff I've done in the past has led me to here. And every time, I mean, there's a joke. My friend Superman, one of my best friends, he was on the live stream there. Your friends he with said, Superman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name's Ryan. But we call him Superman. 
And he was, I used to have this joke in my act about how God wants me to be a fat, drunken idiot. I don't know why, but every time I try to save money, become an adult, my car breaks down. And every time I go to a strip club, I get $3,000 worth of work, right? And he goes, yeah, because I, I don't know if you know this. I started working at Dave and Buster's as a server three weeks before this shit started. I broke down and fucking swallowed my pride and went and got a restaurant job. And my, Superman called, he goes, you know what, man? You had a job for three weeks and God's like, fuck it. Everyone's done. No one works. We're all out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will wow. say though that so so Ben there there is something to be said and and look I know a lot of people have jobs that they do not enjoy um but there is something like when I got when I got uh laughs like I was so excited it was my that, first television show that, Oh I thought you meant the one time on stage that you got laughs No 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 that, I'm still looking forward to that that's why I need this quarantine <laughs> thing to go away but the when when like when I got that show, I was very very happy. I had fun with that for I think four days before everything started going to shit, and I was miserable. And there were elements of it that I enjoyed, but I was miserable. And so there are breaks that are a lot of fun, and there are breaks that are awful. Sure. And I think that one of the things that Bowers has right is that I believe you have to figure out what you want out of life, and everybody's different. Figure out what you want out of life and work backwards from there. Because there are so many people who are just like, okay, uh, I want money. And it's like, well, why do you want money? It's like, well, because I want to be able to, you know, just hang out with my family and play with my dog all day. And it's like, okay, well, how about this then? Move to a cheaper place where you <laughs> right. can do that. And then you won't need to work as hard and you'll have time to do that if that's your priority. Right. No, so whatever your priority is. Whatever your priority is, figure it out, figure out the why, and then work backward from there. And the, the line of my new album is the, the, the bigger your house, the less you can afford to be there, right? <laughs> you ever drive by a mansion? Right. You ever see me in a mansion? No, a gardener. You drive by a trailer, there's six motherfuckers on that porch because they can afford to be home. So That's a good point. Know. That's a good point. Yeah, but I will say, I, like, I will say that the, the thing that I realized from all of this, from the quarantining and everything, is that like having a comfortable place to come home to is such a luxury. And when I think about like, when I think about how recently I was living somewhere I didn't particularly want to live or had a roommate or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that like would have made this whole thing much more difficult. You know, I, I mean, there is, there is something to be said for that. There, which is a perfect transition into our topic this week for Twitter answers. So let's check in with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Glebe Squad, the B Glebers and all of us. Glebe Nation, Brain Trust, it is time for Twitter answers. I asked the Brain Trust, what do you miss most from normal life? And solitary confinement at Wilma's closet says, are you talking before coronavirus or before Trump? <laughs> Which was a great <laughs> answer. Good answer. Good answer. Um, obviously, I mean, coronavirus, although both very valid. Kelly Kiefer at Kelly Clicker says, I'm a department manager at a grocery store, and I miss not having a panic attack when swarms of people get in my personal space because they have to panic buy shit they don't actually need. <laughs> but All I've right. never understood that. I don't know how you guys feel about that one, but when Everybody was criticizing people buying toilet paper. And they're like, why would you need toilet paper? This isn't a toilet paper. Yeah, it is. We're stuck at home. And we can't leave or a deadly virus man to your house. Of course you need to stock up on toilet paper. 
Well, they're stocking up on toilet paper and then there's having enough toilet paper for the next presidential election. Like there's like the the problem was, was that people were stocking up to a ridiculous degree. And like that was look, if you if you want to buy a couple thought then people thought then it was ridiculous to try to get two months of toilet paper. And now they're saying we might be here at least two months, maybe longer. So it's not unreasonable to try to to want to have protective gear when they said don't wear masks. Give all masks to healthcare workers. Now they're like, wear masks. And they're still saying, well, give the real masks to healthcare workers, but don't go outside without a mask. Um, I knew I wanted well, a fucking mask the, when there was deadly shit in the air. But Ben, that's also the thing of like, you know, eggs were good for you, then they were bad for you, then they were good for you, then they were bad for you. Sometimes. When were eggs learn, bad for yeah. you? I want eggs. <laughs> I, I just mean that sometimes that we, we learn different things as we go. Right. And this is very new. The whole mask thing. Look, I'll be the first to admit, I was making fun of people for wearing masks early on, like that first couple days of March. And I was making fun of them because most of the people wearing masks weren't doing it to be selfless. They were doing it so they wouldn't get the virus. And that's not what a mask does. The I mean, the N95s do, but the just the basic cloth mask, that just stops you from giving it to someone else, not actually getting it. So I was making fun of that, but also I... You know, I look back and I go, okay, well, we didn't fully understand this thing. And, and yeah, I guess it was good people were wearing masks, even if the reason was wrong. Well, and the reason, sure. though, but if you touch it, like if you, if it gets on your hands, which it does, you touch the hand and you touch your mouth, well, you got it. But if you got a mask, you're touching the mask. So it does help a little. Right. And it makes you aware also of what you're doing and makes you aware of your presence and it doesn't feel like normal life, which is important. And also at that time, it would make people stay six feet away from you. So inadvertently. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? exactly right. Linda Cobra. Well, more, oh, go ahead. The, the, the mask thing was more though about, we need to get these to healthcare workers. We can't have you have a thousand of them in your house. Agreed. You just don't have a mask. And then once we got, if we get enough, <clears> then yes, if we all had a mask, it'd be great to wear a mask, but let's not steal them from nurses and doctors that need them. 100%. So you can go to, you know, Public, hundred percent. Yeah, Linda Cobrat, Linda twenty five B, misses brushing her teeth, which makes me wonder uh, how's your guys' personal hygiene keep up been? Because I'm doing okay, but I'm not showering with the consistent clip that I have done in normal life, and I'm doing the podcast for the first time now with a hat and sweatpants. Well, I'm not. I don't think I'm showering every day, but I am also living alone, so. I can, I could do that. Like, I think if you're living with someone else, you know, keep it the fuck up, man. Tidy your shit. You're breaking up, Steve. It's very funny. It's a hard yeah. to hear you. <laughs> and he actually started breaking is, up there, which is pretty perfect. So thank you, Wi-Fi gods. Yeah. But my thing is this. Uh, I hope that everybody dies and that people end no, up no. eating each other's fingers for, for finger foods. I hope this is the worst we've ever been. I hope this is the worst thing, but there's a chance where this is the good old days and I'm going to miss a shower. So I take a shower every goddamn day. So if six, <laughs> six months from now, there's no showers. I'm like, well, at least I got all the showers in. I could, well, you got to, you got to wipe pieces, off, you got to wipe off the, the hoagie sweats, you know? So there's that <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing with ice. I, eat all, I, I use a lot of ice right now. Cause I, I love that. We still have ice. If there's no ice someday, I'll miss ice a bunch. So I'm doing that. I just anything I think I'm going to miss in an actual apocalypse. I'm trying to get out of the way, so I really build up. Like I want to be sick of it. Like, oh, I'm so sick of air conditioning <laughs> and ice. Oh, thank God the real apocalypse is here. I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. You Chris Bowers. That's why. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just saying that's also why he's doing a lot of heroin. 
Um, <laughs> Chris yeah, Bowers so is, is uh, it. I think we've learned here. Chris Bowers very pro hot dogs and ice, very anti grandma and living past sixty five. <laughs> Yes, yes. It makes yes, a lot of is, sense. That That's redundant. Those two things are the same thing. Grandma and Living Past 65. Nah, I'm fair enough. I couldn't think of another one, but <laughs> yeah. there's many other examples here. Food, music. Uh, All right, anyway, Mello Shh at Mello Shh says she misses not semi-secretly, or he, it, it's Des, I believe it's a girl, not semi-secretly wondering if everyone I know is infected and random trips for ice cream. I will agree with you on both those points, Mello, because... I wonder, and also, I've never eaten so much ice cream in my life. It's like a 31 flavors up in my house. You're doing my plan. You're just going to eat all the ice cream in case there's no ice cream. You're I've been eating a ton. Of, you're just doing it subconsciously. I just know what I'm doing consciously. No, I've been eating I, a I've huge been eating amount more of ice food. cream, but I think I'm actually fitter. I've been eating more ice cream, and I haven't been going to the gym, but I'm actually, I think I'm more fit because my meals... I've been cooking all my meals and so they haven't been like bathed in butter and like just the stuff that restaurants do to make true, you know, to make you enjoy it. I've been just cooking fairly healthy. So luckily I'm not eating at Bauer's house. Luckily Uh, at at Jadeo in Oz misses the gym with crying eyes. I have a gym membership. I've been paying for 11 years and do not use it. Don't exactly know even how to get in there. Uh, Brooke at Brooke Leah misses rationality. You guys miss that? Do you kind of miss in general the sense of just knowing that life was something we understood? Because that to me is you know the craziest thing. I miss the ability to make plans. I miss the ability to plan something for like, oh, this is when I'm going on vacation. This is when I'm going to work. Hey, hey, my buddy that lives in St. Louis, I'll see you in June. Like that kind of thing. That's what I miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And Matthew Corey at Roller Dog. And Thai food. Thai food's pretty solid. At Roller Dog NC, our old buddy misses going to comedy clubs. Had tickets to see Christopher Titus in late March. Here's hoping we flatten the curve and the show goes on, which we certainly all as comedians wish miss as well. And it's why we created Social Distancing Social Club. But also want to let you all listening know that we've created something called the Nowhere Comedy Club, which is the first digital comedy club in history a fully digital full headliner feature host comedy club and it debuts this week it just debuted actually with a full hour-long performance three during the course of a day by steve hofstetter himself super exciting um you can go to nowherecomedyclub.com learn more about that but we figured out a way with these live shows that we now are expanding into being full headliner shows that if you just have an audience in there in the live chat with you you get live laughter and it's nearly as infectious not pun intended and exciting as delivering (laughs) comedy to a real crowd by the way i will say i don't think the titus show is going to happen in late march yeah that one's probably (laughs) wait what they said late march Oh, we had tickets yeah. to see Titus. Well, I guess they probably. Oh yeah, we had, yeah, but I thought it, it said like, oh, I hope it still happens at some point in the future. Got yes, it. Yes, yes, got yeah. It. Um, <laughs> Helene Thomas says, "Misses going to a grocery store without a long line and buying everything I need instead." Thinking, will there be toilet paper? Or do I need to buy a newspaper? I only read that one because that's a clever way to get a backup for toilet paper in a pinch. I forgot that newspaper is even still a thing, but that's a ton of paper if you need it, and it's kind of soft. Yeah, but. Does the newsprint uh, get on your ass? How does that work? Yeah, Is it no, like I, silly putty? It's a little bit like silly putty. And then you can bounce around on your ass and just instead of you can no, literally I, bounce off the walls. I can't have a newsprint on my hands. It freaks me I out. agree with no that. Yeah. 
People that no always yeah. put held up newspaper and like really get in there. I don't get the like parents that grab it and kind of bend the paper to their will. Whenever I read a newspaper, yeah. I would hold it on those very thin one inch margins and just open it very delicately as though I'm opening like a like a like a fine microfiche from a library. And now you think you're gonna wipe your ass with it? Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do during the apocalypse, bro. <laughs> I apologize for yawning, by the way. I'm sorry. No worries. It is very late. We've had a very long week, and you have a big day tomorrow. It's all good. Uh, Two last ones here. I'll read them back to back. Uh, At Captain Neutral 8, misses having the choice to isolate myself from from family and friends. So I love that. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to do the reverse quarantine. And then Al Barney misses just, in quotes, escorts. (laughs) Um, yeah, quick. you can't take Ford Escorts on test drives anymore. That is correct. That is correct. It's a real bummer. And how are you going to know if that's the car of your dreams? Um, before yeah. we go into the Thunder Round for a couple last fun, weird stories, plugs, please. Chris Bowers. Uh, yeah, it's BowersAlbum.com. Check out my album. Buy it. Um, and, and hopefully you'll understand how my brain works and you won't think I'm a devil. And at Bowers Comedy <laughs> on all social media, Steve Hofstetter. Uh, yeah, just, uh, nowherecomedyclub.com. Uh, I'm doing a show. If this thing comes out by April 13th, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing another show on the 13th. And, uh, also I'm, uh, hosting a lot of the shows for some of the other comedians. Um, and it's a, it's a fun thing we're building first all digital comedy club. And we're doing everything we can to replicate the best parts of the live comedy club experience and eliminate the worst parts. And so, you know, shit might change. Yeah, it's exciting. It's really cool. Making the best of a bad situation for sure. And um, when we do Thunder Round, we're just going to get some quick takes on these last few stories. And my friends, it is that time. It's time for the Thunder Round. The NYPD arrested a woman for not social distancing, locked her in a cell with two dozen others for 36 hours. Oh, God. <laughs> way, to, way to fix that problem, fellas in blue. Oh, you know what that is? That's like, a, you know, you catch your kids smoking and you give them a whole case of cigarettes. <laughs> True that. Yes. And then give them a deadly disease. Yeah. That's a Bowers campaign platform. medical fetish site donates entire stock of scrubs after being contacted by desperate health official quote when we a tiny company set up to serve a small section of the kink community find ourselves being sought out as a last resort supplier to our national health service in a time of crisis something is seriously wrong i would agree Uh, also bravo to whoever thought about that true I, I think I think crotchless scrubs defeat the purpose, though, don't they? I'm not sure that. <laughs> not to mention they are definitely not sanitary. You're gonna have some soiled scrubs going in there. All right, we got some good news and some bad news. Good news, you do not have corona. The bad news, you do have gonorrhea. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those scrubs and are. It's actually gonorrhea nineteen. So we're sorry. <laughs> At least it's legal, Steve. At least it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, people across the UK are apparently burning cell phone towers and abusing cell phone engineers on the street over baseless conspiracy theories linking the coronavirus to 5G networks. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah. Oh, my God. The amount of people who like and they won't buy Corona beer and they think I, I had someone send me a long Facebook message the other day about how, like, I've blown open this whole conspiracy. And I'm just like. 
okay, so we're not supposed to trust anyone at all except the person who did that YouTube video that you watched. Like what the? <laughs> my, my thing, my thing is, is it is it every time on on social media, every time the person that's spouting this, we know them a little, like you know them from high school or whatever. They're always the dumbest person you ever knew. Right? Like every <laughs> yes. time it's like, it's like you are the, you are already the dumbest person to live in my apartment complex. What makes me think, what makes you think I would give a fuck what your thoughts are on Corona or anything? Really? Dumbest just, or weirdest. They were always, or they were just always like the real weirdo. Like, Hey, you want to go do eight drugs and go do this thing. And here's, they're yeah. always conspiracy theorists from day one before they knew anything. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a contrarian. Like, I take the opposite of everything. I and mean, if you're like, I hate Donald Trump, I'm like, well, he's kind of funny. Like, that's just the way I am. I just don't like, because I think it's a more interesting conversation when I hear why you hate or like what you like, as opposed to going, yep, me too. Right. And so when it's I call normalizing dad, evil, Bowers, but go on with your bad <laughs> self. Saying, when, I, when, I, when I talk to my dad, I'm a huge liberal and I call him names and told him I, I fucking wouldn't. Anyway, I, <laughs> I'm mad at him. But then when I talk to super crazy people that, that on the other side, I'm like, well, you know, part of this is, I mean, I just, I like to find this middle ground where we all kind of live. I mean, that's really where we are. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we got two last ones here. Um, Fox sports announcer, Joe Buck pleads to the public to stop sending him sex tapes to call play by play <laughs> because he's been home quarantined. He made out an offer to send me videos of what you're doing at home and I will announce over it. And he's been re- re- receiving quite a large amount of sex tapes that he said he is looking at very closely to make sure if it is or is not something that he can announce over. So he's still giving him a good once over. I I would just like to take this moment to formally apologize to Joe Buck. I didn't mean to (laughs) send all those to you. Your last name is very close to the word I was looking for. I apologize. And he especially didn't like yours, Steve, because you're quarantined by yourself. So it's really absolutely. It was just a solo sex tape in the great tradition of redheaded comedians. Why don't you just keep that to yourself? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And our final story, a Florida County finally stepping up the seriousness of taking this social distancing measures. Um, they are reminding people to maintain a distance of at least one alligator between each other. (laughs) Leon County, Florida saying, remember to keep away COVID-19, at least one large alligator distance between you and everybody else at all times. I like that because they're just like, well, what's six feet? And they're like, well, Bob's six feet. And be like, so one, one Bob? But sometimes Bob's sitting down. Then how do we know how how much is, is Bob then? And they're like, all right, well, one gator. Gator's six feet. Be like, all right, one gator. We'll keep one gator between. Well, no, they started with gator, then had to change it to large gator. Be like, oh, shit, we thought you, okay, large gator. All right, well, I thought you any gator. Yeah, oh, just gator. this. Be like, Not you guys a baby are on top of each other. Just a baby, yeah, baby gator. Baby gator. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I'm sure you guys heard in the news that Trump has changed his official residence from New York to Florida. And some say it was for mm-hmm. election reasons or tax reasons. But I just pray that in, in November he loses the election terribly, moves to Florida. And I say we really let him become the king of Florida, let Florida secede from the nation finally, let him rule that shithole straight into the ground. There are people that I like in Florida, and I would not wish that upon them. We would allow them a chance to escape <laughs> if they can, if, if they're able to climb over the wall. Because my grandma was in Florida, Ben, so you're saying what I've been saying this whole show. Is that what you're saying? You've you've convinced me. I finally come around. (laughs) I have finally come around. 
Fellas, thank you so much for being on Last Week on Earth, and I hope we are all around next week to uh, get it going in a different way. Absolutely. Bye. That was a very fun conversation, and now we are going to get a little bit more serious and end the episode on a more serious note since we all need as much information as we can get right now balanced with some relaxation, which we just had. I know I'm relaxed. I felt like a massage, a three-man massage, the kind of massage nobody ever wants, to be honest with you. But we're going to go check now back in with my ER doctor friend, Dr. Larry Burchette, MD, who has actively practiced as an ER doctor in California for over 10 years, is a medical expert for Fox TV in San Francisco, and you can check out his podcast, Life Can Change in a Moment, on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, and follow him, I recommend, on Instagram at Dr. Larry Burchett, B-U-R-C-H-E-T-T, or DrLarry.com. Dr. Larry Burchett is back with us again on Last Week on Earth, a podcast that I wish had a different name during these troubled times. Thanks for joining us, Doc. I don't know. I think it might be the, the right name for the right time. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So last time we talked, quarantine had just begun for everybody. We were just being locked down, and I don't know that anybody was taking it as seriously as it needs to be taken, and we're living in a different world now. It has now been basically three weeks locked down across the entire planet, and so what's changed? Where are we at? Please fill us in on everything. God, I mean, I think exactly what you said. Everybody's taking this more seriously, and since then... Very sadly, we've seen mainly in New York and New Jersey, it's real. You know, uh, people are people are dying. To to be frank, hospitals are really starting to get overloaded. They're starting to build extra hospitals in convention centers, calling for a draft of doctors and nurses. Uh, it it's getting real. But on the other hand, what's good for California? We haven't blown up like that, which has been really interesting. I brought you some numbers that I want to take a look at at some point in this to kind of give you more numbers on exactly what we're seeing and talk about. Hop into it right now. Let's hop into those right now. Let's do it. Okay. So so the first one I've got for you, it's from worldometers.info. We'll be honest, that thing is not the most reliable sounding thing. But when I looked at these numbers and crossed them with the CDC and other stuff, they're they're pretty on three hundred. And this is as of today. What is today? April fourth. Three hundred thirty-six thousand in the United States with about 9,600 deaths. But what I really want to focus on there, down below, and anybody can get on this thing, worldometers.info, they update it daily. Down below, when you look at it at the breakdown by state, number one is obviously New York, 123,000. New Jersey, 37,000 is number two. You put those two together, and that almost accounts for half of our cases in the country, which is remarkable that that really is a nidus, you know, it really is where the epicenter of this thing is, not only in our country, but in the world right now. But what I want you to note, especially for us in California, California is number four, only 15,000 cases. Mm. New York, New Jersey have, combined have 10 times what we have in California, which is surprising to me. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but I thought, A, you know, this thing first started in Washington state. And I thought with China, you know, I thought San Francisco, San Jose, L.A. would be much earlier of a port to get this and to blow up. So a lot of people are kind of like, well, why 
hasn't cal- why is New York blown up as it has? Well, because is hasn't? it because nine million people or however many live within two blocks over there? It's got to be population density. Exactly right. Apartments, sky rises, all of that kind of thing. But but I also want to say, and I, I don't mean to imply New York didn't do the right things, but there's a real telling number here. If you look more at the details on these things, it breaks it down in terms of cases per 1 million population and deaths per 1 million population. Of course, New York and New Jersey are still high. So, so I want to point out this, the, when, the, when you look, when you break these cases down by how many people are in the state per million population, New York, 6,000 per million, New Jersey, 4,000, California is only 384 per million. Even when you look at Michigan, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Florida, all of those other guys are at least double of California. So does that Some mean we're doing the best job of getting the messaging across? I think there. So there's a lot of factors. I'm not going to pretend like I know. I think social distancing and everybody staying at home. I think people in California have listened. I think the governor acted early enough. I think sun and the UV may make a difference. This is a warmer climate. Killing but this the virus. is a really remarkable difference. So one of the questions you were asking me. Can we get out now? Can we do whatever? I think like now's the time to double down and to stay on this. I think we have done good as a state. I would encourage people to keep it up. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. We also have the smallest deaths per million, which is, you know, good news for California, second to Texas only. And people are probably still mostly shooting themselves there. That's the main way they're getting killed over there. (laughs) So, um, they love their guns. That's you got to love them for that. They're the one place that's really keeping this gun loving vibe alive. So, um, yeah, that's a question that I had had. I had thought that perhaps, and I asked on my social media, and people like went crazy. And I did it largely to spark this conversation because I don't think the messaging is coming across very accurately. I don't think people are really understanding why they have to stay at home, why they can't just stay six feet away, why anything they touch could end up killing an old person. So if you could explain that, because we were wondering like if we're quarantined for more than 14 days and then our parents are quarantined more than 14 days, can't we visit each other? And people were going nuts saying, no, you can't because even just walking through the air to get into their house or vice versa, this thing, it's, it's shown in certain tests, it is airborne, it can stay airborne for a few hours. You could walk through a cloud with these droplets and be infected just right as you walk into your parents' house and not even know it and then give it to them. And so what's your thought on that? Even if two groups are quarantined, do you agree that it's still not safe to do? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of questions in there. This airborne thing, to me, this seems to be one of these, yeah, theoretically, you can find it airborne. I don't think we should think about this as being paranoid to breathe air everywhere. It's not, it's not floating everywhere. The main way that this thing is transmitted is still close contact, which, which if you look at the way Asia, Singapore, these guys defined it, it was within six feet with somebody that had it for 15 to 30 minutes, like just passing by is really not a significant close contact. Um, you, you know, you, you think about these people on cruise ships and things like that, like that, you know, when you go to a concert and that kind of stuff, like that's close contact. You know, those are high risk ways of how that stuff's going to go back and forth, coughing, sneezing. Um, they did a, a study in San Francisco on the, the virus that they got 
And they found that 50% of the cases came from outside the state, meaning Washington, China. But this is, this is almost equally disturbing. 20 or 30% of them came from healthcare workers. So either the healthcare workers brought it home to their family, and then from there their family spread it out, or these are people that went in and got checked in an ER or whatever. And so, you know, when talking about, well, if everybody stayed at home at once, couldn't we all just go out then later? But there's still going to be virus circulating. I mean, if you think about it, like you got the grocery store people. Think of all the these essential folks who are still working and doing a good job that unfortunately – it's hard to not be exposed. I mean, you've seen these like, I don't know if you've seen these at your grocery store, these glass barriers now between the cashier and the person. Like there's no way. I to shop in a down. very bad neighborhood. They always have that up there. <laughs> Mine is not the same and it's new. And, and my, you know, my cashier person is all freaked out now. Of course. And they should be getting hazard pay and they should be getting tipped by people, the delivery people. We watched the video. I understand there was even some correction from the white bearded guy that showed the doctor that showed how to decontaminate your food, disinfect your food by dry, dividing a line on your table and having stuff before you clean it and then have a Lysol drenched rag and then clean every item of food before you put it onto the clean side. We've been doing that. We've been cleaning all of our food items outside the house before wow. bringing it inside. To wow. make sure that we're not Pause for having one any second, chance guys. to bring food Pause inside I didn't have the from the one market trip that I video went on we're do when that. I think I actually Hopefully got the will. coronavirus. Um, I would just press and stop on that recording. And I'm luckily over the hump of that now being one. a few we have weeks that. having passed. My sense of smell just Zoom, returned. No so I've got a lemon but, um, here. I'll stop this really? one too. I didn't know that you got it. What was your exposure? What were your symptoms like? So... I was pretty darn sick for a couple weeks. I had extreme body aches all over um yeah. just pain in my back and my legs and my arms um some degree of fatigue not extreme but sometimes like i would do my social distancing social club show for just 90 minutes i would end and i felt like i just ran a marathon like i felt very tired um yeah. i had a mild cough just a few coughs a day luckily but kind of an yeah. underlying wheeziness that was always there and i had runny nose sore throat and stuffy nose and then i had i literally lost my sense of smell for a, a week and a half i could not smell anything that's funky isn't it very weird experience yeah although it made the not showering definitely better for me personally no comments about how it affected my <laughs> girlfriend <laughs> so i mean i would point out you know the symptoms that you're talking about are not the classic fever and cough i did not have fever kind of yeah, that we were first really, I mean, you had a little cough, but it didn't seem like that was prominent. Like the body aches were kind of more for you. That's totally, that's common. Some people even have abdominal pain, diarrhea, vomiting. We kind of found out that, you know, what it is, is, you know, more than just that. So do you think I had it based on those symptoms? You, you could. And I was just going to bring it. It's possible. It, it's a maybe. And the only way we would really know is if you had a test. Right. So there's two tests, right? There's the one where they swab you and you get an answer of positive right or now or not meaning it detects the virus in right. in the swab or not and i love but people they, shoving stuff up my nose usually so i'm anxious to, i was anxious to get a test but i couldn't get one so then what's I, version I would, two i'd be glad to take care of that for you anytime that's really nice of you man you're a man of the, the opportunity to 
Um, <laughs> the other test is a blood test that demonstrates immunity. So antibodies. If you get, exactly. If you get the, the virus, your body creates antibodies. And, and now they've got a good test that specifically detects the corona antibody. Now imagine, Ben Glebe, if you got the antibody test, you could basically walk around with a piece of paper and say, I am immune, which means a couple of things. You're not going to get sick and you're not going to give it to anybody. Even more importantly, in other words, you would be free. I'm convinced this is one of the ways that the country is going to open up is that that antibody test becomes widespread so that the people who have had it, cleared it and been okay they can re-enter society. So then that brings up a very interesting question. A close friend of mine who has children um, said to me that they're actually not really trying to not get it anymore. They're not being reckless, but they're not being over worrying about it anymore. Um, specifically because, and even though one of his kids, this is crazy about where we are in our country about preparedness ha- is a bit immunocompromised. And he um, is trying He's not afraid of getting it because he wants to actually get it over with. He says, look, with it coming and then it's going to maybe it'll go away and it'll come back again. And he his kids, due to circumstances that are really beyond his control, he can't his kids are being put into a daycare because Mm -hmm. and, and so he's just sure that they're being exposed to it or will be soon. And he doesn't want him and his family to get this once the hospitals are overrun. And there are no ventilators, and there isn't as good of care available in their rationing care. Is this an insane idea, or is it a very smart idea? Um, I, I think it's I, it's not insane. You listen to these estimates, and people say anywhere from 30, 40, 50, 70 percent. Some people say we're all going to get it. It's just a matter of time and flattening the curve so we don't run out of vents. So, so there is a logic to saying, gosh, I just want to get it especially if you're young and healthy, get over it and then I can be immune and go from there. Now, if that were my kid, I would still, I wouldn't rush to get it if they're immunocompromised. If there's a chance you can get by and not give it to the child, I would probably try to do that. Although this is not a terribly fatal pediatric infectious disease. It just doesn't kill kids very much. Flu Mm -hmm. kills kids more than this does. So Mm -hmm. it's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy. Interesting. Interesting. So um, you're on the front lines. You were in the ER just a week ago. Have you seen people coming in with COVID-19? What's the vibe like and how are you keeping yourselves safe? How's the PPE situation over there? Yeah. So um, I work um, in rural hospitals in California, all over California. And the answer is no, we're not seeing it yet. We see people that come in that are worried they may have it. And most of them are there. They're not super sick. They don't be, need to be admitted, but they're there because they want the test because they want to know, can I go back to the work meeting that we're still having? Because I don't want to give it to the old guys. Can I go see my mom who's 90? I don't want to give it to her. They're being responsible. Right. They don't want to you know, be contagious. And do you have the tests? Problem, yeah, so there are tests. There's two, in one of the places I work, there's two tests. One of them is run by public health. I have to call public health. Now they're answering the phones. They weren't before. And I have to say, hey, I got this patient. We have to talk about it. Those tests, the good thing about them are they turn around in a day. So you get a, you get a result in about a day. But the problem is they reserve them for people that are sick enough to be in the hospital or 
people who have the potential to expose it to a large group of people like nursing homes, prisons, whatever. You want to know if those guys have it or not. Mm -hmm. But if it's the average person who's like going back to their home quarantine, public health won't allow that 24-hour test because they don't have enough. We're still stuck with not enough tests. So they get a test. They they do have a test, but it's about a a one-week turnaround. Now, one place that I'm working, they are doing these drive-up tests, and the the result for those may be two or three days, but it still could take up to a week. So testing isn't perfect. And so another question related to that, but and on PPE, you guys are okay because you're in more rural areas? Well, right now it's okay, but but there's still this overall strategy to conserve it because what happens if we surge? Let me give you one example because I was – just so fired up about the PPE thing. I was like, this is ridiculous. We don't have enough. And then I watched one patient come in. We put him in room three, you know, the isolation room. I went in with the nurse, you know, that was one set of PPE, mask, you know, mask, face shield, gloves, the yellow gown for me and the nurse. And then we did a whole bunch of stuff for the patient, right? So the person that drew their lab, they had to put it on. And then the x-ray person had to put it on. And then if they would have got respiratory therapy, they would have had to put it on. And then every time the nurse goes back in to give another, you know, so like a whole nother set each time. Well, no, you can sit. Each person gets a new set. We've been saving them. And and for one patient, the nurse will rewear the same one over and over. Wow. Not ideal. But but you can see how and that's just one ER visit. Imagine if somebody's admitted to the hospital and they have all kinds of maybe they have a cardiologist and a lung specialist and an infectious disease. And, and just like, you can just see how we can burn through this PPE right. really quickly. Now I am not, I, I'm not saying you don't like, you know, I don't want to stand. I'm going to stand with my brothers and sisters in the, on the front line and say, Hey, we really need to be protected. But when I saw that, I was like, God, we're burning through this stuff, you know? But so, so when Trump accuses the New York hospitals of somehow stealing or hiding PPE and he's like, Look, there's 300,000 of them. A lot of people are saying there's 300,000 going in. And then I don't know if they're going out the back door. Some people think they're going out the back door. You should investigate it as journalists. He's just not doing the basic math that if you have like 300 patients in a day and you're having to use multiple sets per patient and they're there for several days, the shit just burns through. You get into the hundreds of thousands very quickly. I think we're just using it. I mean, sure, people might be swiping them, but I think we're using them. Let me give you one example. I think it's important for us to advocate for ourselves and always be safe. But let me give you an example of a really smart way that they improved on this situation. So normally, if a nurse has to give medication, they go into the room and they give it at the bedside. And there's a little uh, pump, an IV pump. Let's say they load the antibiotic azithromycin. The machine pumps it into the IV right at the patient bedside. To do that, the nurse has to go into the room, put the gown on, potentially be exposed. And so at this one Kaiser hospital, Kaiser, I I don't often say good things about Kaiser, but this was a really good thing that they thought of. And really it's the nursing too. Instead of having the pump right at the patient bedside where they have to go in and do that, they had it outside the room. There's no reason they need to go in there. And they just used a longer tube. I was like, that's brilliant. It saves PPE. It saves a nurse exposure. Now, it does suck. The patient becomes more isolated. And that that is harder for patients to be in the hospital and, like, not even get the human touch of a hand on the shoulder. Right. And it is harder for that. But 
I liked that workaround. I've seen even healthcare workers now, I saw something online that because they're wearing these face shields and they're all gowned up and you can't really even see their face well, they're wearing a picture of themselves smiling on the outside of their yellow gown just to humanize it and show them there's a person behind there helping you and it's not some scary medical entity. Yeah, some scary Martian from Back to the Future, you know, that scene where he looks like whatever. You know, in the profession, we have trying to scare the mom from or trying to scare him from taking his mom out to the dance. It was a very weird incestuous subplot that didn't need to be in Back to the Future. And we can all agree on that. (laughs) Uh, I I do love that movie. It's a good movie. Do you ever put on the yellow and look in the mirror and think I should go cook meth in this? This is a very meth cooking Breaking Bad type of outfit. No, I did take a couple pictures in the yellow stuff the other day. Just can to you document. send me one so I can show the audience? Yeah, I'll send you one. Very kind it's, of you. It's a pain. I mean, to be honest, it's a it's a pain in the butt to get in and out of that stuff. Donning and doffing, they call that. I have no idea. I'm not going to call it that. It's very stupid sounding. But um, So you seemed a little bit – my last question for you is you seemed a little bit surprised when I said how seriously my girlfriend and I are taking the decontaminating of the food before bringing it in the house. Shouldn't we all be doing that? I mean that's the way people are getting sick. I'm hearing stories of people that are getting sick even though they've been quarantined and have only been doing delivery. So it's clearly coming in just through packages and mail. Well, if you've already, if you've already had it, what's well, it matter? Well, because we don't know. You said it might be. It might not be. Yeah, I think it's still good. Oh, I, uh, I'm i running out of battery on this thing. I may die on you. It's okay. We're about done. So um, the other thing, let me just show you this. this don't die on one. me. We we need you on the front lines. I know. Well, the computer's going to die on you. Oh, the computer. You can, let me just say this. You can look up your public health, county public health website, and see how much corona is in your town. How do they look that up? Type in public health and then whatever your county is, and the county public health will list it. Los Angeles County, five, nine, four, about 6,000 cases, 132 deaths. That's about half of California. We're doing pretty good. I'm, I'm losing you. This lost the audio. Thank you, Doc. Great to see you again. Appreciate you being with us. My friends, that was a interesting conversation with Dr. Larry Burchette that I hope gave you some perspective and a sense that while even people in the medical community aren't always knowing exactly what the scenario is with this rapidly unfolding pandemic and a virus that we don't understand well, um, to give you a little bit of perspective that numbers in certain places aren't as bad as you think and that we can take precautions to make sure that we keep it under control as best that we can. Um, There's a lot we can't control right now, but there's certain things that we can control, and that is our state of mind. That is staying home, making sure we're not touching things. Definitely stop touching old people. That's an important tip. But um, just in general, um, try to accentuate the positive during this crazy time. You know, there are some nice things. Walking the dog, I'm seeing children with beautiful, colorful chalk drawings on the sidewalks. There's hopscotch in my neighborhood on the sidewalks i've gotten my hopscotch game back for the first time honestly since i was about nine years old i am hopscotching like a champ it definitely has been hurting the knees in an aggressive way so i need to tone it back um or at least stretch pre-hopscotch but i'm teaching soon a hopscotch zoom workshop where i can teach you to up your technique i've been walking around with glasses of wine 
while walking the dog because no one's enforcing laws like that right now. Open containers, the least of our problems. And you're home hopefully with your loved ones. Hopefully you're not by yourself like Steve, but you are home with someone that you love and you get to spend quality time. It's like an extended camping trip, a fort in your living room. And we don't know when it's going to end because it's so much fun staying home. Look at it that way. Part of that's a lie. But if you have to lie to your brain once in a while to feel better, there are definitely worse things. Stay safe, everybody. Until last week next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. Last Week on Earth.